if it wasn't coronavirus, I wouldn't be in this place. And it's it's very selfish to say that because I know that maybe a lot of people have died. Why would I like just waste seven years of my life for learning something that I don't really want to do? I just do it because I don't know what else to do. It's like video games. You have to play a lot of video games in order to find what video game you like the most. I mean, life is a game as well. You mm-hmm. have to actually find what's for you and what which will suit your your purpose. Basically, the reality is just a mirror of your own like mind. Mm. So what you think becomes the reality. Actually, started to listen to what I want, not to what other people want. Today's episode is a special one, and that's because you get to listen to your co-host Bogdan's story. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Bogdan and really take him through this interview that we take all of our guests through. He shares openly how he was bullied in his childhood, struggled to pay his gym membership and how and why he dropped out of the law university. I get to properly touch some key points when it comes to Bogdan's mindset as well as let you guys know some more behind the scenes stuff that has been going on in 2020. This is a unique episode that we only do once a year so sit back, take a deep breath and get delighted by no one other than Bogdan Erhu. You are listening to The Grateful Show with your hosts Pascu and Bogdan. Join us on our mission to spread awareness around mental health and make people feel happier and overall more grateful. Each week we bring you an inspiring guest, stories and a message that will help you become your best self and pursue your life mission. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Grateful Show. Uh, We are more than delighted to welcome you guys to the second season. Uh, We are currently recording this in December 2020, but uh, probably this will be launched uh, around February, so I'm guessing uh, it is the time when you are uh, listening or watching to this. But today, I actually have the pleasure of interviewing no one other than Bogdan himself. How are you doing, Bogdan? Very, very well. It's uh, it's very exciting because we have done this uh, type of video approximately one year ago, but so many things have changed and we as hosts have changed a lot. So we thought that why not, if you have heard so many stories from our uh, guests, why not we should be interviewed under the same, let's say, script Yeah. Uh, on the same podcast and we're going to just interview each other. And uh, yeah, you can hear our stories as well. Why not? Like our struggles and how would we actually answer the questions that our guests have answered like in the past, in the first season. Right. So uh, to break the ice, obviously, I'm going to ask you what we ask each guest. What are you grateful for today? I'm actually grateful for the fact that in a long while we have seen each other and we have done uh, a workout. We have worked out together in the morning and now we are just doing some work for the podcast, for Grateful Show and for some other things. So, uh, yeah, this is what I'm grateful for today. Brilliant. Right. So, uh, obviously, the audience that has been with us since the early stages uh, have probably already listened to Mm -hmm. your story. But as you mentioned, we are going to dive a bit deeper Mm -hmm. uh, this time around. Uh, Therefore, for everyone that is listening or watching and expects it to be the same as the last time, it's probably not going to be the same thing. But yeah, with that said, let's just jump um, back into, let's say, your childhood. And how was Bogdan around five to 
10 years old. How, how did that all happen? So very briefly, I'm not, I don't want to bore you. Um, I was born in Romania, as you know, uh, I was born uh, in a small town. And uh, yeah, I had like a normal childhood. I was around playing with the kids, nothing like very unusual, to be mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. And then at around 12, I moved in the bigger city in Romania, which is kind of the capital like for the small city. Mm -hmm. but it's not the capital of Romania. I moved a lot of schools and um, the really, the real struggle was I moved out of schools and also a lot of places where I stay with my parents because we were renting the house where we, where we stood. Mm -hmm. And uh, the biggest struggle was that it was quite difficult for me to actually uh, form um, friendships with people because I was moving from a place to another, from a school to another. So uh, even though you can like maintain a relationship, even though you're not exactly in the same How place. How frequent were those moving out? Like once every one year, two mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. So I moved schools around like five, six times. And also mm -hmm. I moved the places where I stood around like 10 times. So mm -hmm. it was like a... So basically each time you would do that, mm -hmm. you would have to move schools mm -hmm. and have to reintegrate in like a new environment exactly that kids, was the hardest kids thing, would yeah. see you as the new guy that just yeah. came up after a while it was kind of like easy for me because like i just got used to the situation but uh, it made me in a way be the person who i am today which is basically the type of person that is very picky with his friends because it was very difficult for me to actually form a friendship at the beginning. And then I was in a situation where I have to leave that friend because I was moving places. Mm. So uh, it was quite hard. And that's why today I don't have... And to give friends. like some perspective, it was back when there was no social media. Exactly. And like you wouldn't be able to like call your friends even because... Exactly. You could call your friends, but like... You were a kid. I don't think exactly. you had a phone back then. Exactly. I, I remember that we were still using the messenger, like the OG messenger. Yeah, the, the Yahoo Messenger, Messenger yeah. yeah. So it was just like chatting and that's quite it, you know. But yeah. as a child and as we grew up, basically, we were just like out almost all, all the time. We weren't on social media like kids nowadays so yeah. are spending most of their time. So yeah, this was the, the biggest struggle. And also the second one, which I believe that had the biggest impact in my life was that once after I had moved to school, there were some kids uh, back then. I was in a very bad place. Back then, I was around like 15 or something like that, and I was uh, bullied. And I was in a situation where the kids were bullying me. Um, when you say you were in a bad place, what do you mean by that? Was it like the situation with your family, the way you were portraying yourself? or I think it was the move from actually, I mean, every child is going through this when you're actually a child and you have... And you're taking a lot of responsibilities. So you are like in the process of becoming a man. It's around that time when you are like 14 to 18, 19, where it's a little bit hard because you are transforming everything. You're not a child anymore. And uh, I know that maybe you and you guys as well who are listening to the podcast have been through that period around the, the teenage years when you are not a teenager anymore and have to be a man and you're not a girl, you have to be a woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was very hard because that's the time when you are the most vulnerable. And uh, when you are vulnerable, especially in our country, kids are portraying that as weakness and mm -hmm. they're just trying to take advantage of you and... After all, we are just kids, you can't blame them. And uh, mm. yeah, I've been bullied and I remember that we were in sports classroom and uh, we were doing that class and 
we have to actually find our seat and nobody would uh, would want to let me stay near them because I was the freak one. Why were they considering you the freak one, do you think? Because I believe that the main reason was when I have moved, um, two other new kids have moved as well, but mm. they were extroverted and because they have integrated mm. faster than me, I was basically left behind and nobody was focusing on me and because I am my actually my character is an introvert I am an introvert person it was a bit difficult for me to actually integrate so because they integrated faster I was left behind and I didn't have any friends and I didn't really talk to a lot of people and around that period I just remember that they were bullying me they were calling me names and even though now you would say that yeah but it's just like nothing yes for now it's nothing because I now I don't care if someone somebody would tell me this or that but, but how are you feeling back then when you were left behind by all other colleagues and you had to still go on with like your day-to-day stuff like going to school and like at the same time still trying to be friends with them like how are you feeling back then like was it like anxiety that was suppressing you was it fear like it was fear it was anxiety and it was really bad because i was such in a bad place back then that let's say that i had to go to the principal let's say for a thing that i don't know i had to i don't know like to ask for my mark or something like that Mm -hmm. and i was in such a bad place my anxiety levels were so big that i actually weren't able to go there and speak properly Mm. Like I was really struggling to speak because I had like the emotions, I had the, that fear that wouldn't let me speak. And I know that it's the case with almost all the introverts in you know, such yeah. a percentage, of yeah. course, that for some people it's harder and it's nastier and for some people it's a bit easier to actually fight with it. I know that there are people which, for which it's like way worse than it was for me because yeah. they have like panic attacks they can't breathe and yeah. they have to focus on breathing and all that i wasn't in that place but mm-hmm. it was still the big deal because when you are a child and you are innocent basically you are struggling even when somebody is telling you something and you don't uh, understand it it's like very hard to fight by yourself mm. and because you are in that period when you are a teenager, you don't really talk to your parents that much. You can't I was about to them. ask you, like, how was the relationship back then with your parents? Because, like, they were probably the closest people to yeah. you that you could speak to. Were you able to speak to them about this whole situation at all? Like, were they aware a tiny bit of what is going on? I, I mean, yeah, I was able to speak to them and they were aware about it. But the thing is that they were just trying to find solutions for my problems. They were telling me, yes, but you don't have to allow them to tell you this and that. Just tell them that you are as normal as they are. And mm-hmm. uh, they have to treat me like the same as they would treat anybody else. But they wouldn't necessarily understand me and I don't blame them because you have to go through something in order to understand someone and they were not psychologists to actually understand what I'm going through. So they were trying to help, but they weren't in a position to actually help me. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was a bad time but uh, how, I had learned. how long was this period like was I believe it like around two three years okay then i went to the high school and it was it got a bit better because the gym helped me a lot i feel like almost every guy who's going to the gym in his teenage years is because they want to get a bit more confident and because they were bullied they were actually they don't know how to face it and how to fight it and they just build this they don't know that they have to actually build a mental strength 
and they just go out there to build their body strength and they mm. become like actual strength and it, it helps it helps a lot because you look better you feel more confident and it just builds up like a pyramid but yeah almost all the teenagers who are going through the gym you would see that they are introverted and in most of the cases they are bullied and they wouldn't come to you and just talk like chat freely about something because mm. they are just in their corner and, how was and, that period when you decided that you actually wanted to start going to the gym or what was the the thing that made you decide that you actually want to go was it like a period when you started thinking about going to the gym or you just decided and went straight away and then from there it's been so eight years it was very random it's one of those things that you just think about something and then the next day you say okay i want to do this and it was quite difficult with uh, with the gym because it was in a moment where my parents didn't have that much money, so I have to choose between the guitar because I wanted to take courses for a guitar to actually learn how to sing and to go to the gym. And I didn't know exactly which one to pick, but in the long term, I'm very glad that I picked the gym because it brought me in the place where I am right now. So most probably if I didn't go to the gym, I wouldn't be staying in this place because we wouldn't meet each other because we met each other through the gym and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now because my job is around that one as well. It's around the gym as well. And uh, I just chose the gym and uh, like in time, I got more confident. I started to talk a, a bit more with the people from the gym which helped me talk with people from outside the gym. And then I started to talk to the girls as well because I was very, like almost every single guy, like ashamed to just start a conversation with a random girl. And uh, yeah, fast forward, I moved to London approximately three years ago. I have worked here and there in between uh, this period. And uh, yeah, I stayed in London. I worked a lot in sales and I have just tried to develop myself mm -hmm. as much as I could. We, we touched on this uh, the last time around in January 2020 when we mm -hmm. discussed about uh, your whole story, but I want to go a bit deeper on the whole mindset shift, I would say, that has basically made you take the decision to go far away from your country, your family, your friends, to London, to do what and why? Like, why did you want to live in the first place? Was there a thing again? Was there something that has boiled boiled inside you for a while, or was it something spontaneous that you just decided that it would be a good idea to leave the country and like do something else? To be honest, I always wanted to leave this country for a bit because it wasn't something active. My subconscious mind was telling me that if I want to actually develop and become the person that I want to become, I can't do it here because with all the granted things that I have for my family, like I have a place to stay, I don't have to pay rent, uh, I don't have to buy food, I don't have to pay for the gym. I was just working and just saving money for myself or just going out and maybe buying some books. And uh, yeah, it was just pocket money. Mm. And that's mm. what I did. And I knew that if I want to actually develop and uh, become more responsive, re responsible, I have to actually go and do all these things for myself. I had to actually go out there to work in order to actually pay the rent, to cook, to, I don't know, all the things that you're doing to pay the bills, to go out, you actually know and you experience the adult life. Like, mm. you don't have to leave. And yeah, I just, uh, I'm a uni dropout as well because I started the uni, I, ha I have started the law school here in Romania. And then after one year, I decided that it's not going to work for me. And uh, 
I just left. Let's yeah. talk a bit more about that um, because I, I'm, I'm more than sure that a lot of people listening are either thinking of going to uni or they are right now in uni uh, or maybe they, they will be in a position where they, ha they will have to choose. So uh, let's take you as an example. Why did you decide to go to law in the first place? What was it that has made you take the decision to pursue law? For me, it was very simple because my father is an ex-policeman and uh, I started, I actually wanted to go to the police academy. I didn't make it. I'm very happy right now that I didn't make it. And uh, because I didn't know what else to do, I didn't know my why, I didn't know what would give me purpose. I just thought that maybe because my father is in this field, in this area with law, with police and all that, it would be beneficial for me to actually follow his path because it's he's going to be there to actually help me if I don't know something. And it's like, it's the best thing for me. But I went there and I realized that in Romania, you have to do four years, the uni, and then you have to do three more years masters. And then you have to go be like an apprentice for two years. And like, you have to learn and you have to study for approximately, I don't know, eight years, seven years in order to actually, after that, at 28, 25, you would earn as much as you would earn in a very basic job like in another country like in uk where i moved and it was kind of a no-brainer for me why would i like just waste seven years of my life for learning something that i don't really want to do i just do it because i don't know what else to do mm, and it's then, very interesting yeah mm -hmm. i decided that i can make money much easier because it was all around the money because I didn't really want to actually become a lawyer or something else. Mm. I think I think it's a very good topic to touch on because I remember myself being in a position to have to choose what I want to do after high school here and I remember this very clearly when my mom came at me and it was probably when I was around 18, 19 she was like this is a leaflet from a couple of universities mm -hmm this is how much you would earn as a doctor. Mm. You see here, you see uh, this job position, this other job position, all of them were around medicine. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, but there's law as well. Like, look how much they earn here. Yeah. And I think the whole spectrum was all centered around the salary that I would yeah. potentially be earning. And right now you just mentioned that it was an option for you to do that. But then you realize that there was another option mm -hmm. which wasn't as glamorized, mm -hmm. which would basically allow you to earn the same income as you would earn after eight years without, without having to study exactly. anything. Exactly. It would just be an entry job. And exactly. you've basically kind of bought yourself eight years, if you, if you exactly. want to say that. You, you saved yourself mm. eight years. Mm. Myself, yeah, I saved myself. And basically, basically, this is the reality that a lot of people face when they have to choose university. Because a lot of, let's say, teenagers, because they are not really adults yet, uh, especially if they're not working and sustaining themselves, when, when they have to take the decision, they kind of know that it's just a way of prolonging their stay with their family. It's just going to be another couple of years of comfort zone where That's they will still there. have time to kind of decide what they want to do. But I don't want to take the other way where basically they... They have, have to, to decide. Something. Yeah, they have to decide now on what they want to do. No, they just delay for a couple yeah. of years. They kind of that uh, uh, gamble with exams and all that student life, and basically kind of waste three to four years. And I'm seeing waste. Uh, this is for the people that basically kind of know they they don't really want to do that 
particular job so after they don't the university. Know what else. Yeah, they don't know what else, and basically, it's kind of hard for them to actually face reality yeah. and get a normal job yeah. for the time being, and basically, yeah, just discover around and see what would work for them. So, with that said, how did you actually been able to drop out? Like, how? What's that process like? Because you said that you studied for just one year. Mm. Uh, given my example, uh, I graduated, but it took me about two years. I was two years in the degree when I finally realized that it will mm. not serve me at all. And I was like, there's just one more year left. Let's just get it done. Mm. But for you, it was not the case. You realized quite early in the process that it will not serve you. And how did that all revolve around? And how did you actually had the balls, honestly, to say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to go and leave the country. It was very hard. It wasn't easy. It was really hard because I was still a child. I was like 19 years old when I did this. And uh, like, I was still an introvert. I was not the person who I am today. I'm still an introvert, but I can be out there more, way more easier than it was before. And uh, the whole process was, I believe, I still started to read more. And reading is one of the most important things that you can actually do to actually develop yourself and to open your mind. I know that it's very cliche, but you have to do it. I mean, the book will open your mind. Or you can just watch people's stories on Instagram or YouTube, but books are something else. I mean, you don't necessarily have to read, but you can actually listen to it or just to get that information. You need that information. It's so basically, from a book, not from someone. So basically, you are saying that the books were the things that helped you expand yeah. your knowledge yeah. and expertise in order to actually realize that you don't want to go to uni. Yeah, I started to read the Napoleon Hill thing and Grow Rich. And it was uh, the book that started everything for me because after I read that book, I didn't even have to finish the book. I just started the book and I have done what that book was telling me to do in order to become financial free and not waste that much time as I would waste doing something that I don't want and um, yeah I came to the conclusion that if I want to be happy and if I want to actually become the person who I want to become and have the money that I want to have back then I wanted to be a billionaire and all that it changed the process but I still want to actually have sufficient money to actually maintain my lifestyle but I don't want to be a billionaire I don't see the point of that but it helped me realize that I can't do it through law and I can't do it through any other uni. I mean, the thing with unis is, yes, it's going to help you if you really want to, I don't know, pursue a career that you actually need a degree for that things that you want to do. Like you want yeah. to become a doctor or you want to become a lawyer. You can't do that if you don't have a yeah. degree. Yes. Yeah. You have to learn that stuff. You can't yeah. just like operate. You can't just like open someone, someone's body without knowing how to do it. And they teach you how to do it. And it's understandable. You need a uni. You need someone to actually teach you. But if you want to become an engineer, or if you want to become like you, a videographer, or you want to, I don't know, just produce music or something like that, you don't have to follow a uni. You can just start doing it. Like, start already doing it. You don't need a uni. You have to actually, and if, even if you don't know what you, you want to do, you don't have to start the uni in order to actually find out. You want, you have to try a lot of different things. As you shake as it might sound, you have to like taste different dishes in order to find what's your favorite dish and what you don't like. You have to, I don't know, it's like video games. You have to play a lot of video games in order to find what video game you like the most. 
life is a game as well. You mm -hmm. have to actually find what's for you and what which will suit your your purpose. And everybody's just saying that life, I mean, life has no purpose. Life has no meaning. You give it a meaning. So after all, you just have to, in your teenage years, you actually try a lot of different things as I did. And uh, in time, you're going to find that thing that you actually want to do your entire life. You don't have to actually follow like a uni and then go to a job that came out from that uni mm. which you don't like, like a corporate job. Or, what you're you know, seeing is basically people have to realize that they have to live life mm. after their own rules and other society's rules as exactly. much as possible. Exactly. Because basically, yeah, as much as university is great if you want to pursue the job route, mm. if you don't see yourself being there, an employee, mm. or if you don't really see yourself doing a certain thing for like a very long period of time, as in a job or a career, then by no means you should pursue the university route. Mm. And yeah, I think it's gonna only be a few more years on until it all gets finished out and people actually have the knowledge and perspective uh, necessary to allow this thing to like go in the past mm. because uh yeah we see it with uh, a lot of teenagers in our country mm. in the uk that basically are building uh, amazing tech startups they mm. are coming up with amazing projects mm. they are making movies without any freaking degree really um and i wanted to True. i wanted to touch a bit more on your whole mindset and how has that developed in the last year and a half uh because we both know that you've you've undergone a serious change in mm -hmm. terms of like your perspective on things and yeah basically let's make like a comparison between you from January 2020 and you now, almost January 2021, what do you think that have changed? And as much as you can, uh, tell the audience what has made those things change. I actually started to listen to what I want, not to what other people want. Because one year ago, I was in a corporate job. I worked in sales in UK. And uh, it was a good job. It was paying me quite well. I was doing, I was making like some really well commission, like besides my salary, I had a salary as well. And it was a, a right job. I didn't necessarily like it, but I knew that that was the job that would help me the most, selling, because you would just understand people and human behavior. Mm. But um, to be honest, the last year for me was really good because for a lot of people are saying that this all corona thing was really bad because now they're in a very bad place. But you can I use that in my advantage. And for the first part of the year, I continued that job from home to work from home. And then I went on furlough, which is basically the state is helping you with the money without actually working. Like it's giving you the base salary. Yeah. A bit less than the base salary. Yeah. And that helped me a lot because let me let me guess you used all of that money to uh buy yourself drinks and snacks and go out <laughs> and uh watch netflix and uh get hookers to your house <laughs> i could do i could do that yes but instead what i have done is just have saved that money and just paid the rent and the food and all that i didn't use my money for anything else and then uh, i used my time for something else which was a bit more productive i just have started to actually we have started to do the podcast a bit more to start to actually engage with way more people. 
And I have just started to actually read a lot. I didn't read, I have listened to audiobooks, which is kind of the same thing, but I have read a lot. Like, I can't give you a number for the books because I'm not the type of guy that's actually starting the book and then finishing it. I'm just like picking a lot of books and I'm starting like hundreds of books and getting that information. And once I just get a point of that book, I just leave it because there's no point to read it anymore. I know that there is a lot of value in that one as well, but you can actually see different authors, different mindsets, and it's easier for you to actually become this being which is like, has this consciousness, which is like very big and wider mm. in a lot of places on just one area. Like I'm good on selling. Okay, and you're really good. And it's, it's good because you have to have one main thing which will help you like get the things that you want and become the person yeah. that you want. But you have to have like general knowledge as well to cover all the areas, to grow yourself as a person like in all the areas, not in just one. And uh, yeah, that helped me a lot. And uh, yeah, after a while, we had both moved in Romania and uh, we didn't have to pay the rent anymore. We didn't have to, we could just use that money for other things like to start our own thing. And this is what I have done uh, as well as you. I've just started to actually sell online courses, not necessarily courses, but I started to actually help people transform their bodies online, which like is the things that I always wanted to do, to be honest, like my side hustle. And now I'm doing it full time where I just like help people transform their habits more than their body and their habits will transform their body as well through eating healthy, through meditation and all of these things. And um, when I said, what would you say is the thing that you are most grateful for in 2020, the thing that has happened to you in the last year that you are the most grateful for? Of course, there have been a series of events and like things, but like if there was one thing that you feel like has had like a great impact upon your life. The virus. I mean, you know that it's very selfish to say that, but if, if it wasn't coronavirus, I wouldn't be in this place. And it's, it's very selfish to say that because I know that maybe a lot of people have died of it, but let's not get into it. I know that it's all yeah. a cover-up or something yeah. bigger, but I'm, of course... I'm very grateful because this year I have met someone which I'm in a relationship for like five months now already. And uh, I'm grateful for the fact that I actually have more time to spend with my parents because I'm in my home country. Mm. And uh, I have more time to actually interact more with people. I have more freedom because I don't have to work and I have, I'm doing my own thing. But the most grateful things that thing I am for is that everything has changed and I could just take that as something bad like this virus and I just could just procrastinate and watch Netflix all day and watch movies. But instead I have just meditated a lot and just did the basic stuff that would just get me to the next level. And I have started to, I've started my own business and now we are talking to start another business and uh, so on and so forth, which is what you have to do. Just constantly like develop yourself and improve yourself. And there were some other things which I can't say that I'm not ready to share them, but people need to be a bit more open-minded in order to actually discuss them. Mm. And uh, those things help me a lot as well. But uh, like, after all, you can't actually like just share everything that happened to you. You can, but there are some things that it would just 
need some time in order to actually share them with other people. Mm. And I think that with a lot of things as the things that you're mentioning now that I'm more than aware of, um, is the fact that a lot of people have to kind of be ready to digest that information. Exactly. And it's like one of those things that we were having a discussion about a year, a year and a half ago when I was asking you, why do you think we are not earning X amount of mm-hmm. money a month? And you were like, I don't know why. And I was like, do you think we deserve that amount of money? And yeah. going for Sulker, uh, I believe that everything comes at you mm-hmm. at the right time and not as in like faith, mm-hmm. but at a time when you are actually ready to mm-hmm. face that thing or be ready to accept that thing. But yeah, very, very well around uh, conversation so far. And I, wa- I wanted to ask you, what do you think that is the biggest lesson that you took out of the last year? The biggest lesson? Yeah. I would say that the biggest lesson is that you have to be open-minded to everything. If something goes wrong, I mean, basically the reality is just a mirror of your own like mind. Mm. So what you think becomes the reality. And I know that you can't necessarily control everything, but you can actually take every single thing as a lesson or as something that may just provoke inside of you fear or that may encourage you to do something or, I don't know, as a lesson. Yeah, so basically you can see everything through a lens of like a positive. Yeah, basically the biggest lesson was that I gained more perspective. Like, I have started to use my perspective and I have started to use the duality thinking. Like, nothing is black or white or gray or shades of gray. It can be everything at the same time. For mm-hmm. me, it may be black. For you, it may be white. So, it really depends how you see things. And the perspective is the most important thing that someone can actually develop to use. Because in a conversation, when you start to actually talk about something and that person will disagree, in that opinion, because that person have different like, beliefs yeah they have different beliefs and i don't know share different values it would just not make sense what you are saying and it's yeah. totally fine we are all different and that's the biggest thing that like i feel like anybody would have to take and would have to actually understand that there is no right or wrong there is right and wrong in the same time mm, very interesting mm-hmm. wise words yeah. hopefully the audience is uh open to understand this point of view and with that said, um, I wanted to ask you, obviously we asked this a lot of guests lately, so it's, uh, I guess, fair to ask you as well. What do you want to be remembered as or for? For a very long time, I wanted to be remembered as this person who had realized this and had this big company. And yeah, of course I wanted to do, and I still want to do something good for the greater good. But to be honest, I don't necessarily want to say that I want to be remembered for something. I mean, I don't really care if people would remember me as long as I have a very, very huge impact. I mean, if I can have the same impact as, I don't know, Marcus Aurelius or somebody who really left their their fingerprint of this uh, civilization on the humanity, if I could do that, I don't necessarily need to be remembered for what I have done. Like, I know that there are lots of people which our society is not talking about, yeah. which have actually changed a lot of things, the way we think, the way we see things, but they are unknown people. Like, nobody knows about them. If I can actually improve people's mindset and just help for the greater good, I don't necessarily need to be remembered for something. 
But I know that for the short, for this very small uh, circle of, of influence that I have right now, like my friends, my family, I'm going to remember for the person that I'm actually showing you and I am. And that's enough for me. If I have a very good, like if the my friends, if my family have a very good opinion about me, that's enough for me. I don't need everybody else's opinion. I don't care about it. Hmm. Very interesting you share that. And uh, obviously, um, to wrap up things, it's again fair to ask you to imagine the following scenario, which you already know quite well. Uh, you are on your deathbed, and uh, yeah, you're just about to die. There's no suffering, there's no pain. You are uh, aware that uh, is the moment to say goodbye to the world. And right next to you is the best version of yourself facing you, uh, looking you into the eye. And uh, I would want to ask you, how would you feel in that moment about your life and everything that you've done so far uh, in your life? To be honest, I'm very content with what I am right now, with what I was in the past, what I'm going to be in the future. Nothing is going to change that. I mean, it's a bit extreme to say nothing is going to change that, but I feel like if I believe it enough, I actually will transform it into reality. So there is no thing that would actually make me think that there is a person or a version of myself which is better than what I am today. I mean, there might be another universe, but I don't really care about it. All of what matters is what I have done and to understand that what I have done is just the best thing that I could have done at that period of time, in that period of mm. time. So it doesn't really matter what you could have done because you could have done many other things, but if you have done them, you wouldn't be in the same position that you are right now. I wouldn't be like be interviewed by you in this podcast, or I wouldn't be wearing this hat or this t-shirt. So everything is like a butterfly effect. So every single choice that we take will actually have a very big impact. Maybe not now, but in five years, 10 years, 100 years, not necessarily for me, but for anyone, anybody. Like, I know that it sounds cliche, but a single drop in the ocean may, like, it can change the whole ocean. Mm -hmm. It can make the biggest wave. Yeah, it can make the biggest wave. And we are all making waves. So, uh, yeah, there is no perfect version of myself. There never will. I am the perfect, I am my perfect version. I know that I can be better. And I know that I can be worse than what I am right now, but I'm very content with what I am and with what I'm going to be. Mm, very interesting and thank you very much for sharing that with me and the audience and hopefully you guys took something out of this well-rounded story and uh, podcast episode and uh, with that said it was a pleasure to host you Bogdan it was, a, it was a pleasure uh, to be interviewed <laughs> it was a pleasure to have you guys listen and watch uh, this episode and as always if you enjoyed it don't don't forget to show your support to us share this episode on your instagram stories tag us at grateful show and uh, also if you're listening on itunes uh, we would be very appreciative if you could uh, give us a five-star rating re review and also leave us some feedback mm -hmm. there on uh, itunes we will start uh, giving some shout outs to mm -hmm. people that actually do that and uh, yeah with that said thank you so much for uh, for sharing your story and thank you so much to the audience listening i'm pascu and this is bogdan and until next time stay grateful peace out